0: incredible story of District 211 school board elections. Last Thursday night, District 211, the largest high school district in the state with 12,000 students in five high schools, held a board meeting to discuss Superintendent Daniel Cates' boneheaded proposal to allow students who identify as the opposite sex to have unrestricted access to the locker rooms of opposite sex peers. Expecting a large crowd, the district moved the meeting to Palatine High School. The Daily Herald reported that 25 speakers were randomly selected, 16 of whom opposed the proposal, which is well over 50%. Several years ago, when the district was first sued by a biological boy who was self-identifying as a girl, Cates allowed him to use the girls' locker room as long as he changed clothes behind a privacy curtain. Kate's steadfastly opposed this boy's request for unrestricted access to the girls' locker room. Well, that was then, this is now. Now Kate's proposes allowing boys and girls, who pretend to be the sex they aren't, to have unrestricted access to the locker rooms of their opposite-sex peers. Perhaps Kate's is spineless and follows the path of least resistance, which now leads into darkness. Perhaps he has morally devolved, as so many school administrators have. Or perhaps his retirement at the end of this school year has freed his authentic inner corrupt self to emerge. Cates couldn't do this dirty work alone. It takes a village and at least four board members to indoctrinate children with an incoherent, irrational, and harmful ideology— One of those sorry villagers is the newly elected morally corrupt and unpleasant District 211 board member Kim Cavill, who is a sex educator when she's not promoting feckless locker room policies. If her name rings a bell, it's because I mentioned her in an earlier article about former District U-46 school board member Jeanette Ward, a fearless, wise, and gracious woman who endured egregiously disrespectful treatment from fellow board members Tracy O'Neill, Ellis, Veronica Noland, and Melissa Owens. In an online post, Cavill referred to Jeanette Ward as the, quote, High Priestess of the Order of Moron, end quote. Oddly, that comment has been scrubbed from the internet. Maybe she thought such a comment wouldn't help her get elected to the District 211 board. Sounds a wee bit intolerant and hateful. The curious story of the April 2019 election of Kim Cavill actually goes back to the even curiouser story of the 2017 school board election. Three well qualified people who opposed co ed private spaces for minors. We're running against three people who supported co-ed private spaces for minors. The three well-qualified challengers were Jean Forrest, a Chinese-American woman with a master's degree in economics who works as an actuary, Catherine G. Young David, a Korean-American woman with a Bachelor of Science degree in business administration from the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, and Ralph Bonnets, who has a degree in electrical engineering and is a global quality control manager for an international corporation. On March 22, 2017, just 13 days before the 2017 election, Lesiah Wade, a 29-year-old, quote, black trans woman, end quote, that is, a biological man, and Day Pope, another biological male who passes as a woman, set up a super PAC called TransUnited Fund Illinois. Pope is the organizing director for a 501c3 called TransUnited Fund. Two days later, on March 24, 2017, 11 days before the 2017 election, Kim Cavill and her sister, Lindsay Christensen, set up a super PAC called Parents and Neighbors for Quality Education. Just days after the founding of Trans United Fund Illinois, donations from some surprising people came pouring in. Matrix director Lana Wachowski, a biological man who pretends to be a woman and lives with his dominatrix wife in Chicago, donated a whopping $10,000. Illinois State Senator Heather Staines, a Democrat from Chicago, also donated $10,000. Homosexual Clark Pellet, a retired attorney and development chair for the LGBTQ Center on Halstead, who lives in Chicago, donated $5,000. Executive Director of Gender Rights Maryland, Dana Byer, a man who pretends to be a woman and lives in Chevy Chase, Maryland, donated $1,000. Eliza Byard, Executive Director of the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network, GLSEN, lives in Brooklyn, New York, and donated $500. Homosexual Douglas Hathaway, president and CEO of a Washington, D.C. strategic communications firm who lives in D.C., donated $500. And architect Kira Kinsman, a biological man formerly known as Kyle Kinsman, who lives in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, donated $250. The over $26,000 in donations From donors who don't live in District 211, then went to, you guessed it, Cavill's Parents and Neighbors for Quality Education. Inquiring minds may wonder why Cavill and her sister set up the Parents and Neighbors for Quality Education Super PAC, since TransUnited Fund Illinois was already established. Why the extra step? Well, the answer to that question might be found in mailers and yard signs, State law requires that campaign mailers and yard signs identify the groups that pay for them. Signs must say, approved by, and then whatever group has funded them. So which sounds better? And by better, I mean, less likely to arouse suspicion. Approved by TransUnited Fund Illinois, or approved by Parents and Neighbors for Quality Education? Flush with filthy lucre, the Cavill sisters got busy smearing good people with nary a backward glance. As reported by the LGBTQ newspaper Windy City Times, a local mom, I wonder who that could have been, reached out to Trans United Fund, a national trans led advocacy group who agreed to help them defeat the three candidates who supported single sex locker rooms. And here's a quote from the Windy City Times. TransUnited Fund and a group of local parents, youth and allies worked together to launch the first trans-led, trans-focused independent expenditure in history. TransUnited Fund assembled a powerful team of thoughtful allies to quickly build and execute a research-informed and strategic plan to help the parents and youth get their message out. TransUnited Fund supported the parents' efforts through digital mail phone banking, and helping to train volunteers to reach their neighbors at the door, end quote. The Windy City Times also made clear that this campaign was a smear campaign in which good people who believe locker rooms and restrooms should correspond to biological sex were vilified. District 211 community member Tracy Salvatore, spewing venomous lies, said this about the good people who were defeated, and I quote her, we are fed up with this small group of vocal transphobic people guided by a national hate group, that is the Alliance Defending Freedom, wreaking havoc in our community. Our District 211 community will not tolerate adults bullying kids or intimidating us for one day. The ADF-inspired slate of candidates ran with the agenda of inserting a hate-based national agenda into our schools, they didn't care that their policy changes would increase bullying and violence against kids. So we reached out to Trans United Fund, and they helped us to get our message out to our neighbors and community members. End quote. Neither Salvatore nor anyone affiliated with the Parents and Neighbors for Quality Education felt the ethical obligation to provide evidence that the three candidates feared or hated trans identifying students or that they bullied kids, or that they intimidated community members, or that ADF has a hate-based agenda, or that single-sex private spaces for minors increase bullying and violence. Why try to provide impossible-to-find evidence when hate-mongering rhetoric does the job? The belief that biological sex is the source of feelings of modesty and the right to privacy when undressing does not constitute hatred of persons, no matter how many times people like Salvatore and Cavill spread their repugnant lies. I wonder if Salvatore spreads these same ugly and false lies about feminists, including lesbians, who oppose biological males in women's private spaces. Perhaps Salvatore is unaware of the growing schism in the LGBT alliance. Just a week ago, a group of influential supporters of the LGB rights movement in the United Kingdom including Stonewall UK founder Simon Fanshaw, published an open letter in the Sunday Times in which they criticize Stonewall and suggest it's time for the formation of a new organization that is, quote, committed both to freedom of speech and to fact instead of fantasy, end quote. Here's an excerpt from that letter that Salvatore, Cavill, and Cates should ponder, and I quote, Last October, a group of LGB rights supporters asked Stonewall to commit to fostering an atmosphere of respectful debate rather than demonizing as transphobic those who wish to discuss or dissent from Stonewall's transgender policies. Since then, Stonewall has refused repeated requests to enter into any such dialogue, We believe it has made mistakes in its approach that undermine women's sex based rights and protections. The most worrying aspect of this is that all primary school children are now challenged to review their gender identity and decide that they may be the opposite sex if they do not embrace outdated gender stereotypes. Does Salvatore demonize teens as hateful transphobes if they don't want to undress in the presence of male peers? What about female teachers who don't want to undress in front of male colleagues? Does she accuse them of hate-based bullying? Almost immediately after the school board election and defeat of all three good candidates, Cavill and her sister deactivated their super PAC, Malignant Mission Accomplished. And now we return our story to the school board election of April 2019. Kim Cavill, the person who orchestrated the ugly and deceitful campaign smear of three good people by creating a super PAC front for a super PAC financed by LGBTQ donors from out of the district, ran for the District 211 board and won. Is she really an emblem of good government and transparency? If you're not yet convinced of her unfitness for serving on a school board— or her unfitness to serve as a role model for children, here are just a couple of quotes from her sex ed podcasts for children and teens. From her podcast for tweens and teens on anal sex, titled All About Anal, and I quote her, Before trying anal sex, people need to talk about their own and their partner's boundaries, like any other type of sex. It should be preceded by a conversation about what the people participating in sex are consenting to, what they aren't consenting to, how they're expecting sex to go, and how they're going to communicate during sex to make sure everyone's still on the same page. Anal sex also requires a lot of lube. And then from her podcast for tweens and teens titled Let's Talk About Porn. Porn can certainly cause relationship problems, but so can a lot of other things. Porn-causing relationship problems isn't inevitable. It depends on the relationship, and it depends on how the people in that relationship feel about porn. The evidence says that if you think porn's bad, it is. And if you think porn's fine, then it is. End quote. One thing notable from Sexpert Cavill's podcasts is how studiously she avoids the words boy, girl, man, and woman. Even in her podcast explaining how babies come into existence, she never mentions men and women. Instead, she describes a grown-up with a penis and a grown-up with a vagina. Huh, I wonder what those are. Well, there are two lessons to be learned from this incredible story. One Local communities no longer control their own school boards, and therefore their schools. And two, cultural regressives are targeting the hearts, minds, and bodies of other people's children, your children, and they're using your money to do it.